This episode is brought to you by Magdalena's. Y'all, you all know how picky I am when it comes to food and entertaining and catering, and uh, I love it. I love it. But many, many years ago, when in Fort Worth, I was searching for the perfect boutique catering company, and I found it. I found it at Magdalena's, y'all. I cannot even express how important it is for me that they're experienced. What I wanted was custom menus. They listened to me. I listened to them. It's a common mutual relationship, of course. I wanted local food and local flavor and a lot of authenticity. So Chef Juan and Paige Rodriguez at Magdalena's did it for me. Their entire staff is absolutely incredible and impeccable. Every detail is on point. I can't even tell you how fabulous it is. Again, custom menus. I think I talked about that before, but custom menus definitely. Oh my gosh. I need to tell you about their Fresh homemade tortillas, their empanadas. Now, I make a killer tenderloin beef roast, but okay, Chef Juan, you're getting me. Salads, fresh dressings, desserts, and so much more. I'm just in heaven. Go to their venue overlooking downtown Fort Worth. It is beautiful. Supper clubs, you must get into those. They're starting up again. And everyone, oh gosh, their food truck. Hey, you need a food truck? They got you covered. So everyone, please go check out Magdalena's and tell them I sent you. Their website is magdalenastx.com. It's M-A-G-D-A-L-E-N-A-S-T-X.com. And go to their Instagram for fabulous pictures. Actually, I think I've kind of made it on there. Magdalena's TX, M-A-G-D-A-L-E-N-A-S-T-X. And everyone, go to Magdalena's and don't forget, they are fabulous. everyone. Welcome to my show, my so-called fabulous. We hit it, everyone. We did it. We did it. 100 episodes. I am so proud to come to you today. I'm a little emotional because you know what? We survived a pandemic and we have been here every single Tuesday for 100 weeks. And my heart flutters just a little bit because of the pride and the number of people that have been involved. And um, I'm just so proud. That's all there is. But thank you listeners for supporting, listening, and just keep Keep it, keep being fabulous. Of course, that's all I always say. But I have to bring to you two wonderful women. You know, I'm all about women empowerment, and that's not what we're really talking about today. But boy, you talk about empowerment. But um, I have for the third time on a precious friend of mine, Cherise Henry. Welcome, welcome. Thank you. You were in episode seven and 14. That's when I was like, please be on my podcast, please. And it was so (laughs) fabulous. You were on seven. We were talking about the industry, which we're going to do that today. And then your brother, Chris, and you came back on for 14. And that was a hoot. We laughed. That was comical. Yeah, that was quite comical. (laughs) And we are bringing with you your friend and partner, Christy Mayfield. Welcome, welcome. Thank you. So excited to be here. And congratulations. Thank you. 100 is a huge milestone. Thank you so much. And, you know, I'm bringing you on. This is a celebration, of course. We are celebrating so much. I'm very proud, but we're also celebrating 
2022 better be better than the last two it years. Better be, right? It better be. It better be. Here we are January 11th of 2022. And I mean, we are buckled up and ready to go, but we're also celebrating your fabulous industry, which is called Dom Som. And we're going to get into that, but I just want to thank you for, for supporting me this entire time. Well, Cherise. You, I mean, the support is definitely mutual. We, we You have supported me through... Um, a career change at this point Mm -hmm. and a a brand new project that that we're bringing to you today. And you've just been an amazing inspiration to not only me, but my daughter, her friends, my friends. Like, I mean, just the women in our area in Fort Worth and beyond have just looked to you for inspiration on not only style, but just how to get through every day of being a woman. You approach the issues that everyone's afraid to talk about. You know, we have a relationship that we are open with each other and we can have those conversations. And you've taken that on air and helped so many other women be comfortable with themselves and what they're going through and basically how to how to get remedies to to some of the issues that they're having. And it's just been an inspiration to watch you do this over the last hundred episodes. <laughs> thank so you. thank you right. for having me on for a third time. It's super exciting. <laughs> <laughs> well, I appreciate I that. And, you know, friendships go a long way. Our husbands are friends. And uh, I have to say, and I, we've talked about this before, Sharice and my husband, Greg, love to talk politics opposite sides of the fence. We do. <laughs> and I scratch holes in my hands because I'm not comfortable. That is the only thing I just, I will never host a, a political. Can you imagine me hosting a uh, political? There's no way. <laughs> Don't invite there's me to be your guest because no. I'm not showing up. Christy says I'm out. Well, thank you so much for being here, both of you. And I'm so excited to get to know you better, Christy, for sure. Gosh, I mean, Absolutely. we have so many commonalities. We all, we, all three know. of us have 22 year old girls. We do. I mean, it's amazing. Yeah. So awesome. Okay. I have been a lover of wine my entire adult life. Let me say that. And I, and I grew up Catholic, so I'm probably a little bit younger than that. <laughs> but, um, you know, that was a thing. And so um, love wine. You know, Sharice, my doctor said you need to tone it down a little bit with inflammation. I was drinking the wrong wine. Many doctors have told me that for sure. But what I want to bring to the listeners and followers in our community is how to take out the stress, the stigma, and it's so intimidating for the majority right. of Absolutely. people with wine. So we bring to you Dom Som. So if you could explain to us what that is. Right. So I have to admit that my journey on wine really started with that fear. I'd go to events. Everybody was talking like they were super smart about wine. And I'm sitting there going, well, this is red and this is white. So I started my journey on wine to learn so that I could be more comfortable with wine and had the opportunity through um, some mutual friends to take that to the next level. I decided if you're going to do something about it, do it. Mm -hmm. So I took my first wine certification course and funny as all get out, guess who's standing in the room taking the exact same course with me? Sharice. We looked at each other and just started dying laughing. And that was just one of many times where we, you know, our kind of our parallel lives, our twin lives come into play. And let me remind everyone, they didn't know each other. They met the night before (laughs) at Pacific Table. Right. Okay. And then the next morning, Boom, they're in the same sommelier class. Yes, and it, had no idea. Exactly, no idea. exactly. And That's really, yeah. And and speaking of birth, I mean, Dom Som at that time was really just a thought. 
And so as we progressed on, fortunately, Sharice and I both got our certificates and our pins and we're super excited. Um, Thank goodness. But with, with our other partners, we were really focusing on the service industry. I mean, cocktails, craft beer, everything was just booming. But wine sales in the U.S. were actually on the decline. This is 2019. 2019. For the first time, really, ever. And this so before the Before everyone was stuck at home. That is correct. So <laughs> frame that, 2019 <laughs> pre-COVID. And so um, it was really focused on the service industry to educate people in the industry, make common conversations, take the fear out, um, really bring it to everyone and kind of reverse the game, if you will, because most of the certifications are old world, meaning France, Italy, Spain, Germany, and we wanted to bring it to the U.S. because that's what most U.S. consumers drink is U.S. wines. Mm -hmm. And we don't lay down a wine for 10, 15, 20 years. We drink it pretty quickly. Mm -hmm. So we were going to really host a big, call it a rock concert event, first one in March of 2020. Well, Well, look what happened. Right. Mm -hmm. So that was the original concept. And it, of course, kind of died on the vine. And so it had to evolve. It had to evolve. So here's me, you know, I don't want to just be a level one. So I called my friend Sharice and I said, Hey, do you want to be a one? She's like, no, I don't want to be a one. So we decided we had to keep going. <laughs> Overachievers. <laughs> Overachievers. So we sat down, we took our next uh, certification course and passed that. And then from that experience, we both said, look, we can do Domsom. We just have to change the narrative a little bit and make it more, I guess, real for what the environment was. Absolutely. And the changes um, with service industry, as we talked about in in earlier episodes, totally changing. Um, Our business model just wasn't ideal at that point. Mm -mm. So we definitely had to pivot. Mm -hmm. We had to find a way to get our product to the service industry, but then we realized our product in the service industry wasn't necessarily going to be as effective as we once thought it would be. Yeah, the timing was wrong. Right. So we needed to target um, the consumer. So now we realize that at this point um, in 2020, everyone's on their own. They're left mm-hmm. to their own devices. And that's where, you know, Christy really started to to kind of develop this online idea of education um, for not just service industry, but for the rest of us. Right. The enthusiast. And that's where Sharice and I partner so well is her experience in service industry. Me, I'm an enthusiast. Mm -hmm. I just, you know, I, I truly love wine. I really don't consume anything else. Well, I mean, outside. Let's talk spirits. <laughs> She's all liquid diet. I, eat. I just drink wine. It's fine. Back calories are calories. Just, We're not judging. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, uh, thank you for that. <laughs> but, but that's where our, it, our experiences come into play here, because if you can create a common narrative and take the fear out of wine for enthusiasts, as well as service professionals and create this common language, um, not make it so snooty, not make it so aloof, but bring it down to everyday conversations, you're really making that connection between the service professional and the enthusiast. And enthusiasts can make smarter decisions. They can know what they like. They can go buy what they like. They can share what they like and why with people. And so that was really the the principle. And, you know, at, at the end of the day, from a business model perspective, there's a whole lot more enthusiasts out there really than there are in the service industry. 
And as Sharice knows and can talk about, the service industry is dramatically, the face of the service industry Mm. is dramatically different than it was a year or two years ago. Yeah, absolutely. It's totally different. I mean, where there were service professionals that took the time to to educate themselves, the turnover is so fast and so high right now Mm -hmm. in, in the restaurant industry that it's just, it's hard to, to find someone who has the knowledge or the education to help you get what you want, especially if you are a seasoned wine drinker and not necessarily educated. If you have preferences on wine and you have a preference of a region, but you're not necessarily um, identifying any wines that you see on a wine list at this time, it's kind of advantageous for you to kind of learn Mm-hmm. Right. what you like and why. And so that's really why we're doing this right. Um, right. is because we want you as the consumer to be able to go in a central market and the person that's there to help you is there to guide you. But if you can tell them exactly what you want, then they can just walk you right over to it. If you have, you know, oh, I think I kind of like this and I might like this and I've had this once they're going to show you five different wines that you may or may not like. If you can tell them a region or you like, you know, fresh and crisp, fresh and crisp, or, you know, a a dry, a drier style. If you can explain that to someone, you have a better chance. Right. um, And a better opportunity of getting exactly what you want. Right. And the the other thing is it breaks down some of the stigmas. I mean, you know, the the ABC movement, anything but Chardonnay. Mm -hmm. I mean, I I love nothing more than having my husband say, I don't like Chardonnay. And then for dinner at night, I serve this nice, crisp, bright, lovely white wine. He's like, oh, my gosh, I love this. What is it? I'm like, it's Chardonnay. Chardonnay." Um, From the U.S. From the U.S. And so there's there's so much of that because, you know, we pigeonhole Riesling as being sweet. We pigeonhole Cabernet as being big, bold, high alcohol, tannic. And that's not always the case. There's so much more. And that's what we cover in the course is we really explain from vineyard to bottle, bottle to table, what influences either a winemaker or an environment where the vineyard is, where the vines grow, where the grapes are grown, um, all the way to how long it's in the bottle and what happens once it is bottled so that you understand why something is the way it is. And you can either describe that you like it and that's what you're looking for, as Sharice was talking about, or that's not your style, but you really like this, you know, this vein or this style of that particular wine. Uh, so that's that's what we've tried to accomplish in getting into the details. So let me make sure everyone understands what we're doing here. So <laughs> Dom Som, talk in the in the two words, mm-hmm. domestic, domestic. So United yeah. States, because you are really teaching about domestic wines. That is our focus. That is the focus. Okay. This course is an online course. I, I Last night after talking to these gals for a long time, <laughs> we were talking for a long time. We were drinking a little bit too. Um, so it is an online course. And I asked them, of course, I'm thinking to myself, you know what? 2022, I'm going to do this. It'll take the year and do it. And I don't have the time to do that. So I was asking Cherise and Christy, how long? Well, they said, well, you can do it in a weekend. But it takes, it, 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 you go at your own pace, right? Correct. Yes. And that was the other thing. The original concept of Dom Som was in-person weekend classes. Well, we know that, that no. we don't have, we don't live Reality. in that world anymore. Sure. So people are more mobile. People are more flexible. And, and people like to have a 
kind of a switch them, change them during the day, work a little, play a little, and maybe learn a little. And so this platform that we've developed, you can do it on your iPhone or mm-hmm. your, yeah, your mobile phone. Yeah, whatever. Yeah. Whatever. <laughs> if you do Samsung, no, 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 you. You can no, judge. no judge. Uh, <laughs> we won't call you basic. <laughs> tablets, <laughs> laptops. Okay. So, so you can take this literally anywhere. You're on a road trip. You can mm-hmm. do your Domsom course. You're commuting to work. You can do your Domsom course. You're sitting at home with a glass of wine in the evening. You can do your Domsom course. So we wanted it to be tangible and we wanted it to be accessible for anyone. I mean, really, this is wine education. We call it wine education for the rest of us because it is kind of real, everyday, immediately applicable tools that you can take to the store, to the restaurant, or wherever you go. Well, and y'all think about it. Think about going into the grocery store or going to um, a spirit store or whatever the case, or wine and spirit store, and you're just standing there, and we were talking before about you're looking for somebody's picks, like George's picks or mm-hmm. Paul's picks or whatever the thing is. And I'm that's, you know, I didn't know. I used to know about when I was in culinary school, we had a course right. and knew more, but I'm just standing there and I'm depending on someone that may not even know as much as I know. And then especially in restaurants when the markup is enormous, Mm -hmm. right? And you go in and it's just not, once you open the bottle, you open the bottle. Is that true? I mean, it's kind of... I mean, uh, we'll turn it back. So, yeah, I mean, it's not... There are reasons that you can definitely return a bottle of wine, but the reason is not because you chose badly. Correct. So Mm -hmm. um, the reasons are it's corked or um, pretty much that is the reason. Tell us what what corked means. Um, So cork is just a chemical agent that enters the wine through the actual device, Mm -hmm. the cork, um, and cork is from a cork tree um, most of the time. True cork is from a cork tree. There are synthetic corks and different closures these days, um, but cork is a TCA. It's a chemical compound that actually will um, taint the wine mm-hmm. and it tastes like wet cardboard. Yeah. It's easy to identify. Um, you know. Yeah, you know. Mm-hmm. You, you know, it, you know it, it the second you, you taste it. So... Um, but there's wine can also be oxidized mm-hmm. um, and not necessarily corked. So oxidized is, is something different. Oxidized is air was introduced to the wine um, for an extended period of time and the closure basically failed. Okay. So the cork or the synthetic cork or the screw cap failed. So now. let me ask you this. Is there something the consumer can do to keep that from happening? Let's say I bottle, I buy a bottle of wine, what you have here. Is there something I can do? Store it? Tem- I mean, temperature control and storing yeah. wine on its side. Mm-hmm. Um, or take Dom song. Yeah. And exactly. Then exactly. <laughs> exactly. I just exactly. that in there. <laughs> yes, of course. Yeah. Because I mean, that, that's part of that the That is right. one of the things we talk about. And yeah. proper storage, proper temperature, proper care for your wine. Wine is a living, breathing thing. Correct. So people have to understand that wine is something that that is alive in sure. a bottle yeah. um, and it will die mm-hmm. at yeah. a certain point mm-hmm. if it's exposed to elements. Mm-hmm. So um, it's just something that you really have to make sure you take care of. Corked wine can happen. Yeah. I mean, and it does happen. Um, but proper storage is, right. is definitely something that you have to, to um, keep in mind when you're Storing wine for extended period of time. If you are buying 
you know, six bottles of wine at Central Market on Monday to serve on Saturday for your dinner party, you can leave them mm-hmm. in the pantry. Right. Sitting straight up. There's not a problem. Chill them when you get ready. But, you know, if you're if you're storing something for quite a period of time, then there there's a little more care that needs to be taken. Right. 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 Well, and I always, you know, when I walk into someone's house and everyone has the the wine rack above the refrigerator, mm. I, uh, I cringe because, mm. you know, I mean, one of the worst things you can do is expose any wine to heat. heat. I mean, we know that in Texas, nobody will even ship us wine during the summer. Sure. You know, you don't get your wine shipments and then all of a sudden you get 15 phone calls the first of October. Mm-hmm. Hey, you're getting this wine. You're like, oh, I forgot I ordered that. Mm-hmm. But, um, but I mean, and, you know, one of the, the, the major foundations of our course is just introducing people into into wine and and really how you should approach wine. Right. Um, so, Christy, if you want to talk about um, the six S's, that yeah, would be absolutely. great. I'll pour us a little bit of exactly. wine because... And, and we, we have we already we have, have wine champagne. here. Yes, okay. Exactly. We have champagne, but before you go into that, while you're pouring, what is the champagne that we are drinking? Because you know we all have our favorites. I mean, so this is not a demand. This is true champagne. We broke the rules. Uh, <laughs> I mean, every girl loves champagne. Exactly. So uh, just so you know, champagne in the truest sense of the word can only come from the Champagne region in France. So any other bubbles can be made in the same way. Uh, but if it's called champagne, it really is going to come from the champagne, champagne region. France, of France. Yes. Otherwise, it's going to be a cava or a brute or a bubble or a sparkler or some other term, a cremant. But it's it. Yeah. Except in Russia okay, and, where they started selling their grapes as champagne. Yeah. And I'm <laughs> going to go ahead and say this because yes. um, I, I'm just going to say this because I know you all are thinking the same thing. Okay. I look at this beautiful label that Sharice just poured, um, and it says Chardonnay. And my first, mm-hmm. my first inkling is my gut kind of wrenched just a little bit because I think that they are buttery, heavy. They're 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 creamy. They're not what I like, which is bright, bright. and you know just clean and dry. So I have a stigma. That's an issue, and you teach us that, right? So tell us that. So two things I'll emphasize on that. One is if you think you don't like Chardonnay, you're trying the wrong wrong kind of Chardonnay. If you think you don't like Riesling, you're trying the wrong kind of Riesling. So we really want people to understand whether it's a $10 bottle or a $100 bottle. We're not here to judge. We're here to tell you you why you like what you like and you know, help you get that consistently time in and time out. But also we don't want people to get stuck. I think wine is one of those things where you get stuck in a rut. You go to the grocery store, you go to your, your local liquor store and there's so many selections and it's, it's, it can be scary. And you're like, I've never heard of any of this. So I know this bottle, I'm going to buy this bottle. We really want people to explore and to understand how you how you can do that in a way that's not scary in a way that's going to allow you to kind of broaden your palate and really have a whole lot more fun. Um, and so I always like to tell people like you have a favorite dress, <laughs> but you have other favorite dresses. So you don't want to wear your favorite dress every day or to every occasion, every event you have other favorites. So expand your right. Your palate, Mm -hmm. expand your idea of what you like and what you want, because you may surprise yourself. You may be surprised because everything 
that you think tastes one way doesn't necessarily taste that way. So that's why we're educating people on climates, on, you know, sun exposure, on what elevation does, on, you know, just the basics of wine and how you can get exactly what you want every single time. Exactly. I'll use a story that, uh, so I, in Fort Worth, there's all these men's wine groups. What? Yeah, there's a ton of them. Men's wine groups. Well, so of course, guess what? I don't get invited, right? (laughs) So some of my girlfriends and I, we just said, you know what? We're going to make our own wine groups. So we meet once a month and we have different themes. Somebody picks out a theme. We have, you know, guest sommeliers or sometimes I'm the group sommelier. So I'll help pick the wines. So I was like, I'm going to push the envelope of my first, when I was the first uh, host. And I said, we're doing Rieslings. And I mean, everyone just cringed. And I said, trust me on this, girlfriends. You will thank me at the end of the day. So Sharice was still at PT. And I called her and I said, I need sushi pairings for these four Rieslings. So I came in with my lovely boxes of sushi that Sharice had spoiled us with and four different uh, Rieslings three from the U.S. and one from Europe. And at the end of the day, everyone had changed their mind. Not that they didn't love all four, but they decided they loved Riesling. The same group, we just had our holiday party and I took a Northern California, it was a Spring Mountain Riesling. It's one of my favorites. And it was, everyone said, the star of the show. So they've gone from, I hate Riesling. Of course. This is my favorite wine of the night because people think it's sweet and syrupy like a moscato or something and it's not it's not it It can be it can be be. it can be it absolutely can be and that's another thing it doesn't have to be and that's what you need that that's the difference in styles and right and and sense of place so wine just like we have accents (laughs) what (laughs) do what just like we have accents. Yes. <laughs> wine, wine creates a sense of place as well. Like, yes, it, it gains characteristics based on where it's grown, just like people do. Mm-hmm. So um, we, we, you just have to understand that. Like right. a grape, the same grape grown in the South does not taste right. Like, mm-hmm. the, 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 you in know, New in York. Texas, right. it doesn't taste the same as it was grown in Oregon. Mm-hmm. A girl who was grown in the South doesn't <laughs> sound the same as a girl who was grown in Missouri. Missouri. <laughs> you know, so it's like you just really have to understand that sense of place is a real thing it's for a very big thing. Yeah. For not only people, but wine as well. So that's yeah. great. Yeah. That is a great analogy. Yeah. Exactly. I love that. So exactly. Christy, you want to so, get in? Yeah. So we, So we'll we'll go ahead and talk about one of the foundations of our program. Um Christy's gonna take yeah. this away and so one of the, um, so the, the course is really designed in five modules. One, uh, module one is really kind of what is wine or, and I call it, you know, I love America, the wonderful, because there's so much that goes into um, a wine before it actually ever gets bottled. So we walk you through all of that. And, and that's a lot of what Sharice and I have been talking about today. Module two is tasting. It's it legitimately our favorite. So let's just dive right in. I mean, you've got a beautiful wine in front of you. Why not get into it? Let's go. So. I want to kind of make a a reference. So when I first started really being interested in wine, I'd notice people at a restaurant, you know, the sommelier or the server would pour just a little bit. And I'm like, darn, just pour me the whole glass. I mean, I don't want that. That's just I'm good. I don't want a thimble. I want a whole glass. Um, But there was a reason for that. Um, And then I'd see people doing this. 
that might be really noisy if I do it that way. The swirl. The swirling. And I'm like, okay. Which is so sexy. It's is it, very sexy, but I thought. If you don't spill it, it's sexy. <laughs> yeah. like, I was like, I don't get that. What is that? And then they'd like shove their nose all the way down in the glass. And I'm like, what? what is going on here? So we break the wine tasting down to what we call the six S's. And there is a hidden seventh S that we really don't like to talk about, but it's real. If you're going to go taste 100 wines in one day, you need the seventh S. Yeah. So the first S is sight. And how I love to talk about wine is that wine is going to tell you a story. Wine is a storytelling uh, uh, a drink from right from the, the beginning when you put it in the glass. So if you're going to look at a wine, pour some wine and then, you know, don't pour it all the way to the top. Good old college pour, high school pour, whatever you want to call it. Just pour a little bit in, but have a white background, a piece of paper, napkin like we have here. And th that will tell you a story. So white wine is not white wine is not white wine. There's all different ranges of color from pale greens to more straw and honey colored, all the way to really deep, like amber goldish colors. And what you're going to see in the glass is going to tell you a little bit more about it. And the more wine you drink, the more you're going to start understanding and, and just go pour a Chardonnay, then pour it next to a Pinot Grigio, then pour it next to a Sauvignon Blanc. And you will immediately see that white wine has a whole different range of colors. And what's interesting about white wines is that as they age, the color deepens, they turn a little more amber. So if you've got a wine that, a white wine that has really deep, intense color, the clue is it may have some age on it. So, mm -hmm. you know, when you talk about, um, you know, master sommeliers, people are at the highest level of certification. I mean, they can pop that in very quickly and, and understand just from the color. It also can tell you kind of how the wine was made. If there's some cloudiness to it, it might be a little bit more of a natural wine. It might not have been so finely filtered, things like that. And also the depth of the color, especially when you get into red wines. There's purples, there's rubies, there's reds, there's garnets. So the color of the wine will tell you a story. And we go through that in great detail um, in both the, the tasting module, kind of giving you an idea of what you're looking for. But then as we get into each one of the eight varietals we cover, we really go into more detail about what you're looking for. Right. So, so the next thing, the next S, so, so first S is sight. So the second one is swirl. So I always tell people, you know, start with your glass about three inches below your nose. And then as Sharice always reminds me, open your mouth. I know that sounds weird when you're trying to smell, but keep your mouth a little open because that will give you the best smell. And, and as you do that, when you have the, your nose a few inches above the glass, if you don't smell anything, that's probably going to be a little bit lighter of a, of a style. If you put your nose right at the edge, smell it a little bit more. And so what I'd always do, I've already swirled, so pardon me for that. But do this, do the smell before you swirl and see what you get. And the third, so there's kind of three levels, three inches above, right at the rim, and then stick your nose on in there. All in. All in. And guys, Good. you're swirling this wine to expose the aromatics yes. of this wine, to introduce a little bit of air, which mm -hmm. creates a chemical reaction with the wine that, yep. that allows the aromas to be released. So this is... It, it has a it, purpose. Yeah. It, it, <laughs> it, really looks, it has a purpose. It really looks a little pretentious at times, but... People do this for a reason. Mm -hmm. It yep. allows this wine to open up and yeah. release the aromatics. I mean, when you introduce wine, I mean, air to a wine, it starts to evolve. Right. So 
the swirling, will that change the flavor, the taste, the flavor? It won't change it, but it'll expose it. Expose it. Okay. That's the best way to think about it. So So, try it before and after. Yeah. Smell before, smell It's a little, it basically is um, kind of. uh, It's the reveal. Yeah, absolutely. It's the reveal. It's like a bud Mm -hmm. of a rose. Mm -hmm. And then as you swirl it, that rose starts Starts to to open up. Great analogy. And you know how it doesn't smell as as potent or as pungent mm-hmm. or as fragrant when the when the rose is still a bud. Mm-hmm. But once it's in full bloom. It's there. Then yep. all the aromatics and all, everything pretty about the rose is all of a sudden revealed. So that's basically what exactly. we're doing. As you swirl that wine, you are going from a bud mm-hmm. to an open flower. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And when you taste, you taste with your nose too, right? Exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Which yeah. brings us to the the third S. So the next time you open a bottle of wine, Pour some into your glass and do the smell test. So don't swirl it, smell it, then swirl it and smell it. And I promise you, you'll have a dramatically new experience. So when we get to to the third S, it is sip. And wine is a sipping drink, not a gulping drink. Um, So just get a little bit in your mouth. Not according to Greg Weidman. Or Steve Schultz. Everything. <laughs> everything. Like, wait, where'd that go? I know. Okay, so sip. And one so, thing that I want to point out for anybody who is actually watching this. <laughs> yeah. We are double fisting for those yeah. who, who, those who are not. Those of you watching YouTube right now. <laughs> but um, it's funny to, it's always funny to me that people are always like, oh, I don't like Chardonnay. I don't like Chardonnay. Mm-hmm. And if, if you notice the wine oh, in these two glasses true. are the same color. Yep. You know why? Because champagne is almost always based with Chardonnay. Yep. There are only three varietals that can go into champagne. So you can say you don't like champagne all... I mean, you, you don't like Chardonnay all day. But when you're drinking champagne... You're drinking Chardonnay. Yeah. You're drinking yeah. Chardonnay. Okay, Most but wait a minute. Time, so, unless it's a Blanc de Noir or... Um, I'm just thinking of some questions they might have, everyone might have, but... Um, Chardonnay in um, Europe is steel. Okay, Some of we're them. going way. Uh, yeah. yeah. So you yeah. stop. And, that, and that's why we are focusing on domestic varieties sure. because yeah. it is. It, in the United States, we do so many things easy. I'm like, you know, we have the U.S. Uh, measuring system. Yeah. <laughs> we're the only ones in the world, and we are also the only ones in the world that that really name our grapes by varietal um, versus region. Yeah. Old world, they they name their grapes based on where they're grown, not what the grape is. So you mm-hmm. have to know, you have to be educated right. to order wines from old world mm-hmm. to know what yeah. you're getting. Mm-mm. So a Chianti is not a Chianti grape. It's a Sangiovese. So let's just keep it simple. Yeah, keep it simple. Yeah. I, went, I went over yeah. there. Yeah, exactly. I went over there. Exactly. So, That's another we, podcast. But so, we make it easy in the right. U.S., and yeah. which is what we wanted to do. We wanted to have a simple program that makes wine simple Accessible. to understand. So Chardonnay is Chardonnay. If it's grown in Oregon, if it's grown in California, if it's grown in Texas, it's mm-hmm. still Chardonnay. It's still right. Chardonnay grape. Just depends it, on... right. Yeah. What it tastes like depends on where it's grown, but it's still Chardonnay. Right. Or how it's how it's made. And that's, I mean, so again, 
Yeah. I'm the wine nerd. I could go for hours <laughs> on this topic. So I'm going to try to do my best here. Um, and, and so that's, that's so key though, into the third S of SIP, because what you're looking for is you're looking for all those stories. You're looking for all those flavors that come out. And some of those flavors are going to be directly related to the grape itself. So kind of what fruit flavors does that grape bring? And Really, what's interesting, and and again, I could go for hours, but I won't, um, the longer the grape is allowed to ripen mm-hmm. also will change that same grape's profile. Mm-hmm. So if it's picked, you know, on one weekend versus the next weekend, and that flavor has more of an opportunity, to, you know, to ripen, the sugar levels get higher, all those kinds of things, it can change that wine dramatically. Mm -hmm. So that's where the winemaker's magic really comes in. It's not just about what, you know, how they make it, whether it's in steel or whether it's in concrete or whether it's in oak, Um, but it's also when it's picked. Mm -hmm. So you really have to, and and, and again, I don't want to get too complicated on it, but so we're not going to sit there and like walk you through all of those decisions, but we're going to tell you if it's an earlier ripening grape Mm -hmm. and that's what decision the winemaker made. This is the style that will result from that. Gotcha. If it's a little bit later harvest, you're going to have a different different set of fruit flavors. And then also as the wine is made, there's a, there's layers of, of decisions that the winemaker can, can put into the winemaking process, such as oak, such as these other, again, I don't want to go into too much detail, sure. but it will dramatically change. So you can have the same Chardonnay grape that is pressed and fermented in two different ways and end up with a dramatically different style. Different style. All from the same vineyard. So that's what the winemaker chooses. So we have sight, swirl, and sip. Sip. Mm -hmm. Okay. So we've done that. Sipped. And and it's fabulous. And it's fabulous. So sipping is not just sipping and just letting it go straight back in, you know, down your throat. The key thing is, is the fourth S is kind of the mouth version of swirling. So when you put the wine into your mouth, the first thing you want to do is just kind of, what do you, what do you sense? What, what do you taste? But then I always encourage, and Sharice is way better at this than me. I mean, I, I, I look like I'm gargling a bad mouthwash and Sharice does it way sexier than I do. So I'm going to let you do this one. But, <laughs> I mean, but it's, well, I'm useful. Exactly. The fourth <laughs> S is swish and swish. The reason you want to swish, keep that wine in your mouth and swish it around and let it touch every single part of your mouth. The reason for that is your tongue has different areas that taste different Mm -hmm. things. Some areas focus on sweet, others bitter, others umami, others Mm -hmm. sour. And so if you don't let the wine cover every bit of your tongue, you're not going to get all of the flavors that are Mm -hmm. literally embodied in this little sip of wine. You heard it here, people. So swish around. Seriously. Seriously. That just changed everything because I was sipping, sipping, sipping. And then I held it and kind of just maneuvered it. And yes. And one of the... (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Greg, are you listening? (laughs) No. (laughs) Um, One of the biggest things is like, it's hard to identify acidity a lot of times if you don't cover your entire palate right. with the wine, especially when it when there's some malolactic or, or some cream involved um, in the wine, some creaminess involved in the wine. So you need to make sure that it covers your entire palate. Yeah. And as you're you're 
sipping, I mean, swirling in, or I'm sorry, swishing, swishing. <laughs> One of the S's as you're swishing, you want to introduce a little bit of air as well. Exactly. So. Exactly. And that's, um, so the more you do that, that's when the different layers of complexity. And, and I know it sounds like we're getting super high chemistry, high, you know, snootiness, but really, you know, wine isn't just a single profile or a single flavor. It has, it does have multiple layers. Those become evident at the more you swish. And then the, the last one, um, the sixth S, so we, we have sight, we have swirl, we have sniff, we have sip, we have swish, and now we have savor. And this is just swallow the wine and just sit back and how some wines will disappear very quickly off of your, off of your palate. You know, you, you drink it and it's very, very much like, you know, real light, like water. It just, it was refreshing, but it's not sticking around. Others that have more complexity or especially reds that have real tannin, higher alcohol, they're going to linger around in your mouth for a really long time. And that also tells part of the story. Um, so, so the sixth one is, is savor. And so don't just swallow it and then, you know, take a piece of a bite of steak or whatever, let it, let it kind of sit. Yeah. You want to give it a minute. You want to, you, you want to identify what's really going on Mm -hmm. because if you don't give yourself the time to identify what just happened, then you'll never taste it. Mm -hmm. And that's not when you're just having wine. Like this is not something that you want to do when you're sitting with dinner and you want to sit back and think about the wine for five minutes after you've taken Mm -hmm. a sip. But when you are tasting, when you're trying to identify things that you like and you're trying to dissect a wine, this is something that you definitely need to, a step that you cannot miss. Mm -hmm. So before you take that second sip, before you go all over again, you want to make sure you, that you start identifying the things that are happening. So like with this wine, I'm definitely getting oak on the finish, but it's very light. Very light. Um, and like you but don't. The acidity is still really high. I mean, I'm still is, smiling. It's still, very, it's still very crisp. It, the acidity, you identify that by that mouthwatering feel that you mm-hmm. continue to yep. get after you've, you've finished. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, this is a beautiful wine, but. You know, for someone who doesn't drink Chardonnay, it's not half bad, I don't think. <laughs> <laughs> do you drink Chardonnays? I do drink Chardonnay. Not typically domestic Chardonnays unless they're from cooler climate regions. Yeah. Okay. So we both I like, like lighter, brighter. Yes. yes. Okay. What? California. Is it, it's just, is that just it's kind hot. of what they've done? California, and people love it too. California's well, hot. California's hot. So you're going to get a riper style of Chardonnay very in that rich, area. right? Yes. Full body. Yeah. Not always though. Not always. Not always. There's certain areas. And I mean, there, that's, that's why there's, I mean, I think winemakers and farmers that, that, you know, identify the right vines or the right varietals, the right grapes for different areas. And it's based upon the soil. It's based on the climate. Mm-hmm. It's not just what the temperature is during the day, but it's also what the temperature is during the night. Is there fog? What's the topography? The, you know, everything. It is yes. Everything. In in French, it's called terroir, and it's 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 the whole package. It's a whole it's package. Everything. And so, in in the U.S., originally they just would plant. Oh, I want to I want to grow Chardonnay or I want to grow Cabernet, and they just put it everywhere. And then over time, they realized. It doesn't do so well here. Mm-hmm. So 
they have torn up old vines. And now that they really understand season after season what happens in that vineyard, they're putting in the right grapes. So the wines in the U.S. are, I mean, there there are some magical, really crisp, lovely Chardonnays grown in the U.S. So I don't want everyone to think that just because it's a U.S. Chardonnay that it is rich and oaky and creamy. And a lot of my friends, that is their favorite style of wine, and I applaud them for it. That's what they love. Um, and there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah, we don't you judge. Like it, yeah, if you we like it, not you like it. it. Yeah. I I have a I have a preferred style of everything. Me too. I have a preferred style of burger. I like my burger patties a little thicker. Yeah, everyone has. I mean, everyone's you know, different on, on everything. I know. So, I mean, it, and, and it is. It's all subjective. Is that right? It, is that it, the right it, word? That, that absolutely, because wine is like anything else. Hey, what you like is what you like. Exactly. If you want to drink a heavy cab with trout, then do do it. it. That that exactly. If you like it, Sauv Blanc with a steak. Yes, go for it. If you like it, I love it. That's what I tell. That's what I tell people all the time. And I'm just like, I just don't understand why we've um, decided that we needed to make things appropriate for people to to drink. Now, there are things that mm-hmm. complement. So in our course, we go over wine pairings. Mm-hmm. And influences. That's what and influences. Yes. So, so there are definitely things that will complement your meal better than others. Right. But if you don't drink white wine, I'm not going to tell you to order, mm-hmm. you know, a, a light Chardonnay or a, a creamy Chardonnay with your lobster when you don't like white wine. If you want red wine with your lobster, go for it. That's not going to you might not taste the lobster, but, <laughs> but that's on you. Like that's that's what you want to do. Right. That's what you want to do. So it's like it's this is this is literally wine education for the rest of us. Our mission is just to get you to know what you want. That is it. Exactly. What do you want? What do you like? And how do you get there? That is the whole premise of our our education program. We use simple language. That's it. That's what it was. Right. Yeah. We use simple language. No snooty. Um, No. Yeah. We take the snoot out of all of it. There's there's I mean, we teach you how to sip, swirl, savor the three, you know, I mean, the six S's. We we go through all of those things. We teach you about sense of place. We teach you about what climate does. We teach you about how grapes are different in cool and warm climates, elevations and and all of the things necessary, but when it all boils down, our program is about you yeah. being able to relate to any wine shelf, sure, any and, wine list, exactly and any person mm-hmm. that is talking about wine enough that you get exactly what you're looking for. And you exactly. develop confidence. Absolutely. It's, that's the key thing. I mean, you know, I can't tell you how many times before I really just made my commitment and said, I need to learn Amen. more. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I I have a, a blog and I tell the story. I was at this really lovely restaurant and I was asked to pick the wine. Okay, nothing brings the fear of God into me more at that point in time sure. than being asked. Because you're sitting at a table. It's a business dinner. Every All eyes are on you. Mm-hmm. And 90% Better of the be time, I'm the only female at the table. And I'm like, oh. Help me. Right. So I usually I just kind of scour and I'm like, that sounds kind of familiar. So I'm just going to go there. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, this time, for whatever reason, I said, what would you recommend? Because they, you know, taken our orders. They kind of knew what mm-hmm. we had already ordered appetizers, where we were going with it. 
and the server recommended a wine. And again, it was really out of my comfort zone to even ask for them to pick. And I was like, I don't even know what that is. Mm-hmm. Never even heard of that before. How do you spell that? Wow. Okay. Sounds lovely. So I did. Mm-hmm. I just let, I just let, let it, go. it go. And because I thought, well, with this restaurant, this server, sure. <laughs> so much smarter than me. Right now that's become one of my favorite grapes. So I get it and I'm looking at it and it's, it, it was a Nebbiolo, but it was actually from Virginia. Wow. I'm like, I didn't even know Virginia made wine. Sure. Much Who less. Knew? Much less. Who in Texas knew? <clears throat> good wine. <laughs> right. No kidding. No kidding. And so he pours it and it's really sheer. It's like your sleeves. It's a really wow. sheer white wine. And I'm like, it was almost like a deep rosé. And I'm like, I have so messed up. And the table's going to just, I, I mean, this is going to be the death of me, right? Mm-hmm. And it was big and it was bold and it was tannic and it was packed with a punch. And so the interesting thing for me was that the color didn't, the color and the intensity of it didn't tell the story. It wasn't until you got further into the explore, you know, exploration of the story and actually turned more chapters that that wine revealed itself. And those were the experiences that made me say, this is so exciting. Mm-hmm. I mean, I grew up in a farming area. I mean, you know, cornfields everywhere, soybean. I mean, my dad and I were, take road trips and we're like, look, Chris, more cornfields. Look, dad, more soybeans. I mean, we just mm-hmm. laugh, but that's, it's part of my roots. Sure. I love the dirt. And so, it, you know, at the end of the day, that's what grapes are. Mm-hmm. They're an agricultural product. Absolutely. And it's just the magic really starts to happen when you put the right, right ones in the right place. And then you get a, a winemaker and a, a, a farmer who's working in the vineyard to bring that magic together and just extract the best of every single thing. Mm-hmm. Now, not all grapes are made that way. I mean, the, the brands that you see on every grocery store, every wine shelf, you know, they, they're, they're kind of mass produced. Doesn't mean they're bad wines. They're just produced in a different way. And the other thing we want to do is we build on Domstom. It's not just one course. We're building a community of wine lovers. Mm-hmm. I love this. And so we are going to bring in a partner program next year where we will have wineries, wine shops all over the country who can be our partners so if you're a consumer, you've taken the course, you understand our language, you, you're passionate about wine, and you're going to the Finger Lakes region of New York. You've never been there before, but you're like, oh, I hear they have some great wines. Who should I go see? How should I engage with the wine community there? Through the partner program, you'll have the ability to kind of link into different wineries that are partners. And, and so we're we're bridging that that kind of community gap. And mm-hmm. we want to expose the breadth of everything that U.S. wine has to offer. Supposedly, every single state in the U.S. grows wine. That is, is unbelievable. I'm looking at Alaska and Hawaii. And I'm going, how? Oh, I mean, I but know, that is but, so yeah. exciting. Hawaii, maybe. Alaska, yeah. I don't know. I don't know about I that. I know. There's got to be somewhere. Um, so ice wine. Ice wine. Yeah. Ice wine. <laughs> That's true. That's true. So interesting. So, yeah. But I love that your program just builds confidence, has the opportunity to build right. confidence. And you know what I want to tell everyone? Do something for yourself. Right. You know, we work our asses off. For, I mean, you both have other careers. I, you know, we all have, you know, we have side hustle that we have going on, all the things, family, everything. Mm -hmm. And you know what? I just say, do this for yourself. If this is a passion or or if you're curious about it, if you haven't even had wine, how fabulous is this? And we did this out of necessity. This is something that we knew that our friends needed. We, Mm -hmm. this is something that we knew that, you know, 
we wanted to come up with an approachable, affordable way for people to educate themselves about wine. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, we took these ridiculous, over the top, you know, sommelier very courses. Very sure. Very formal. Yeah. And when I say ridiculous and, and over the top, I mean, they are what exactly what you think wine education is. Exactly. You know, it, this huge book and you're schlepping mm-hmm. through maps and and a degree. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Basically. Yeah. It's so black tie, white napkin sure, of presentation, mm-hmm. not what normal everyday mm-hmm. people sure. want to experience. So what that, so our mission was, I mean, like I said, out of necessity, we wanted our friends, our family, our people to know how to be able to successfully choose something that they like. Um, and we can get them there quite easily. Right. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, for all your listeners, for everything that you're doing, we we really want to make this extremely accessible to mm-hmm. them. So. And we're going to do that, too, for sure, because I want you all to really experience this. And um, we are going to after when as you can after you listen to this, you're going to see if you go to my Instagram account, you will find the code that we're going to have because we are going to be affiliate. Um, yes. My so-called fabulous is going to be affiliate of uh, Domsom. So I'm so excited. And you know what? I'm going to say it here and you can all next year at this time. Hold me to it. I'm going to have my Dom Som level. Do you call it level one? It's a certification. It's a certification. certification yeah, it's a by certification. the end of next year. When I'm not sure, but um, <laughs> these girls may have to come to my house and hold my hand. <laughs> but you know, um, I know I, I'm going to culinary school. Know a little bit. You once you forget it, you forget it. You really do, and you haven't drank it in so long. Not really. Well, it's just, riding a bike. You you'll, you'll be surprised about how much you remember. You <laughs> really will. It's so much. And <laughs> that's the key. It's like if you can learn things, you know, depending upon how you learn. If you learn things by like clues, I mean, that's what we're teaching is clues. Mm-hmm. It's there's there's so many different wines in the world. I mean hundreds of thousands of different wines. And we don't expect everybody to to learn them all. Heck, we don't know them all, right? Mm-hmm. No. And that would be... that. Would, it's not necessary. It's not necessary. But if you have the foundational education of why, what, and the story, and how to describe that and have great, simple, open conversations about it, that's going to increase your experience. And it's, you know, people get excited. I love, Sharice always says, there is nothing sexier than a bottle <laughs> of wine at the table. And it's true. We love wine, but let's all stop being so afraid of it mm-hmm. and let's start learning and loving. Well, hopefully we're opening those doors and making these conversations okay. like we always should. So um, how can we find y'all? So our Cherie's always like, look, <laughs> I'm like, Christy, take it away. There's one that's a talker and then one that I mean, it's so funny. You two are such a great, everybody stay in their lane. This has been a match made in heaven. Truly, it, has, because, it has. Because we definitely fill each other's voids. Sure. So this, this has been, this has been really, I mean, amazing to work with Christy and, and she's brilliant. So I just, I get to, I get to be. You're both brilliant. Well, thank you. Yeah. I was going to say, she's brilliant. So our website is domsom, D-O-M-S-O-M.us. Um, that's the same as our Instagram at domsom.us. And then you can also find us on Facebook at domsom, D-O-M-S-O-M. So we we have two different courses. If you are in the service industry, you happen to be in that that field, whether you work for a restaurant or a bar or a, a club or anywhere that serves wine, um, there's a professional 
course, it has a little bit more detail on just serving wine, right? Mm -hmm. And then the enthusiast course is really, um, the content is basically the same, but the enthusiast course really just walks you through, you know, from literally vineyard to bottle, bottle to table and everything in between. Um, So that's how you find us. That's how you find it. I do. And you're, yeah. y'all, we're going to have stories. You can find them in my highlights as well. Yes. Go to my blog and my website, Tiffany C. Blackman. But I have to tell you something funny. So not funny. This is funny, but this is on their website, um, Christy Mayfield, and it talks about their certifications. <laughs> and so they, it's so cute. because It's not cute. It's so cool <laughs> because there's four of them in this partnership. And Christy is the education advisor of the vine. I love that. And then my girl, Cherise. Um, has her certifications, <laughs> training, street smart ninja. <laughs> <laughs> there she is. There she is. That's me. But everyone, I'm going to take this course this year in 2022. I'm going to um, do something for myself for change, actually. Yeah. And um, I hope you do too. We are going to give you a code. And everyone, thank you so much for supporting me all of these episodes. And thank you too for being here. I, I mean, congratulations. I am you. so oh, proud girls. of you. I mean, I mean, you know, we've, we've, we've been around <laughs> each other for quite a while now. And yes, this, we is, have. this is, this is, really been an amazing journey yes, for you. And I have been thank proud you. to be in, you know, Thank you. One of the seats close to the front. <laughs> she, <laughs> she, she's probably too far in the front that she wants to be. But everyone, thank you so much for following along and listening. Let us know what you'd like to see and hear. And uh, hey, rate and review this podcast and let me know what you'd like to hear and see for sure. And follow me at Tiffany C. Blackman on all the platforms. And everyone, have a wonderful day and cheers. 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 Yay. Yes. And everyone, keep being fabulous.